Welcome to The Vinyl Preacher, your weekly award-winning podcast where we talk about the Bible and make a playlist. I'm Matt Cato, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Campus Ministry in Los Angeles, California. Also serve on Southwest California Synod staff for you. Bureaucrat. And I'm Zach Paris. I am the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado, uh, Boulder. <laughs> and? And uh, America's finest and only Institute of Higher Education in the Buddhist tradition, Naropa University. Fantastic. Zach, we are live. Like we, wow. Live. You're wow. looking live. Uh, since, you know, usually people don't get the visual. So I decided to do a little bit more work on the visual. I've got mm-hmm. final record player behind me. Cool. Zach. You can see mine. Right? It's in the background. There's a box of tissues <laughs> on it. Okay. I had to rearrange this entire <laughs> shelf. Just the to things put this you thing do on here. I've got, podcast, I've got records. We could play, we could play what? records. I mean, this is, oh this gosh. is the real vinyl preacher i mean we're not uh, going right to here. but we could <laughs> we're not, definitely not going to <laughs> definitely not going to uh for those uh you know savannah talked about people for who it's their first visual if this is your first mm-hmm. vinyl preacher podcast uh what do we do we talk about the lectionary texts mm-hmm. and uh we make a playlist why do we do that why do we do this zach i i could not tell you any longer <laughs> we're 185 episodes in uh, we do it because that's what I do on Tuesday is I record these episodes. We give them to producer Nick and uh, put them on the internet. And evidently other people listen. Evidently. Uh, so every week we get to connect. We get to talk about texts and exclusively about scripture. Exclusively. Um, exclusively. It's not, we never would talk about the NBA, which by the way, what is that bobblehead up there? It's a Hornets player. That's a Kelly Trapuca bobblehead uh, who is an original Charlotte Hornet. Uh, Matt, I also want to say before we get too much further, you you talk to the people for whom this might be their first Vinyl Preacher episode. Yeah, I'd like to speak directly to those who might for whom this might be their last Vinyl Preacher episode. I just want to thank you for being with us on this journey. We've come so far together through highs and lows, and I wish you Godspeed as you continue your podcast listening, just in in different directions. You join a, a you know a prestigious company, uh, namely our spouses. Uh, most of our close friends in uh, folks who do not, who no longer listen to the podcast. You know, if, uh, if Adam was tuning in, this could be his first ever podcast. <laughs> That's true. Period. Mm-hmm. That's true. I don't think he's <laughs> tuning in know. though. Yep. <laughs> too bad. It's too bad. Uh, what are we so going to talk about today? Uh, I want to talk about, we're, I like what we're doing right now, Matt. Uh, we are directly addressing a number of very small constituencies, and I would like to continue doing that. Uh, I'd like to, to talk, you know, this is, this is a tough time for a lot of people, Matt. Um, mostly, I focus on how tough a time it is for me. Uh, I'm going to be really honest. Matt, I, uh, today is day number 29 of my family's um, uh, quarantine. I've seen and lived with basically no one except a three-year-old and my lovely spouse uh, for 29 days now. And uh, earlier today, uh, I was not feeling good about that, Matt. It's been a real roller coaster. I went on a run with my daughter on her Strider bike because she's really fast at it most days. But today, she stopped and picked every single dandelion uh, to give to her mother upon our return. And I couldn't handle that anymore, Matt. Like I was just not in the space to handle that at all. So we ended up going back home and I needed to continue running. And I seriously considered going to live in the woods for another month because I can't take this anymore. But there are a lot of people for whom this is hard, you know? Uh, And the people I want to shout out tonight, who I think it's really hard, uh, home burglars. This has been a really tough time for them. You know, there are lots of pieces to the economy. And part of that are people who burglarize homes. Uh, and yeah. these days, with these stay-at-home orders, how are you going to burglarize a home? We highly recommend putting them in the prayers of the people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you should definitely put uh, home burglars into the prayers of the people because it's hard times. Hard times. Hard times. Come again. No more. <laughs> yeah. How are you uh, finding time to do this in the midst of your quarantine with child? As I mentioned at the top of the, the stream, this isn't a professional excuse for me to escape my family. 
for 54 hours, 56 hours. Uh, however many hours did we ever figure out how long this is? 54 hours of mm-hmm. avoiding my, uh, my family. Uh, so that's, that's what I'm doing. How are you finding time? You only have three-year-old twins. Yeah, that's why I've done a lot less work than you have. <laughs> yeah, I work about four hours a day. My, my wife and I take turns. We actually have a, a Velcro schedule that my mother-in-law made us, in which Ooh. daddy goes in some parts of the day and mommy goes in other parts of the day. They usually want more, mommy in more parts of the day mm-hmm. uh, and are disappointed to find my face. Do you all, we've, we've played with schedules ourselves and uh, we made one one day and we followed it for about two hours the next day. Do you stick to a Velcro schedule? There's a well, it's a there. very, it's a very rough. It's like, uh, wake up, play outside, play inside, have lunch. It's that simple. So mostly, I think. I, uh, yeah, it's really hard. And, and I understand, right? Like I get the context here, Matt. Uh, do not cry a river. No need to go JT on me here. Uh, no need to cry me a river on this. But it is particularly hard to do this like co-parenting thing with a working spouse while I'm also working in the house when the child uh, mostly does not want to be involved with me, uh, when I cannot meet any of their needs just because of my identity. And yeah, that's, that's a particular struggle that I personally face. I, uh, Cheryl, uh, our friend Cheryl, uh, says uh, in all caps, that is what three-year-olds do. <laughs> I agree, that's what three-year-olds do. And I would like to go back to having my three-year-old spend a significant part of the day with uh, people who aren't me. Um, I think that's, that's an important part of all of our lives. And only like a month to go. So, great. Yeah, we, uh, we got a Zoom call today with uh, one of the girls' preschool teachers, uh, Mr. Davis, who did some dancing and music with them. They were super into it. I'm a big advocate for uh, them having a little bit of Sesame Street during the day. And mm-hmm. the reason for that is not because, well, I don't know. I can think of a whole lot, a lot of reasons, but uh, Sesame Street educates them better than I can. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I yeah. feel like they're getting more out of That's that great. than they're getting from uh, daddy, like watching them do whatever kind of free play they want to do, which usually is acting on entire scenes from Frozen. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Molly of Denali is my homegirl right now. <laughs> What is Molly and Tenali? Uh, it's on pbskids.org, which is uh, where we used to be fairly judicious with our daughter's screen time, but now I would prefer to turn her brain to mush. Uh, it's uh, set in, in a, uh, an Alaskan uh, native-ish sort of based uh, pretty high integrity uh, show. So she's learned a lot about the Alaskan wilds, which is great because I'm about to put her wow. on a train uh, to that destination by herself. So Yeah. If she ever tries to retrace the Into the Wild steps, she'd be... She'd be good. Right. Smart. It's good thinking. Right. Um, y'all, the, your, your vinyl spouse recommended to us uh, a show called Cosmic Yoga. On yes, Netflix. that's right. Cosmic Yoga. Yeah. Uh, I tried to put that on for my kids and they looked at it and they said, nope, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> kids are awful. Why? Why? <laughs> oh, um, Matt. We are, uh, one of the things that you get to know about this podcast uh, is that we record a little in advance, right? So we're not going to like, we're not recording an episode right now for Easter because uh, many of you clergy folk who might be watching right now have probably already preached and recorded your Easter sermon. So how would it be helpful at all for us to tell you about Easter right now? Uh, And so we, uh, there are people. Let's just be clear. We used to do it that way. After significant feedback from our audience. Yeah, that's right. Changed our ways. <laughs> we changed our ways. Uh, we, uh, so we're going to break the rules here. It's Monday Thursday where I'm at Mondatum Thursday. Is it Mondatum Thursday in uh, California? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. Time. We are going to break the rules. There's a lot. <laughs> Tahina says this is a perfect time to introduce your children to Phil Collins. <laughs> Uh, here's wow. my advice to listeners, right? If you see Phil Collins, you still got to keep your social distance, right? Like do not let your kids get within six feet of Phil Collins. That's how they should have marketed the advertising for this, like public health stuff is like, well, here's I Phil just, Collins, stay away. Man, that is a really good idea. I can't believe I haven't thought of that. I mean, I have like 
I've gotten close. Like I've been, we've been doing the alphabet and there's a letter of the week. And uh, so I usually think of a band like you is for you too. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just haven't gotten to either P or C, but. Or any other letter in the alphabet. <laughs> I basically stick with kind you. Of B probably. I'm sticking with you. Uh, yes. Phil Collins. Uh, we may have to have a little. Allison here pass. needs some good Friday sermon help. <laughs> which I think is tomorrow. Which is yep. fine. It's fine. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Jesus dies. That's the punchline. Uh, so we're going to break uh, the rules of time and space. And we're pl our plan today is to talk about uh, Easter 2. I said it couldn't be done. Matt said it could. And I said, okay, so here we are. <laughs> well, you were in the midst of scheduling like 50 different people. So I did. I did not care what you <laughs> Whatever you said we were going to do, I was, gonna, I was pretty I was sure that it. was the tone, the tone of the text message that you sent back to me. You asked a genuine question of like, what should we do? And I was like, it seems a little dis dissonant to talk about Easter too. And then you're like, well, I think we can make it work. I said, okay. All right. Here's what I've got. You know, this podcast, The Vinyl Preacher, this is about breaking down these barriers <laughs> Matt, between well, sacred. I, I, I got to jump in. <laughs> The commenters are all over this. Cheryl says, don't stand. Don't stand so don't stand so close to me. Uh, Phil Collins can help with both Good Friday and with social distancing. Who knew? Easter yeah. as well. Yeah. Dana. Easter as well. <laughs> Why is Tuna not on this podcast? Um, <laughs> Tuna basically is. And Cheryl. Well, you know, we are Spitz. coming up again to the summer of Genesis. I mean, it is year A. So we year can do it again, Zach. We can do, if you do not know, if this is your first or if this is your last, uh, during the semi-continuous season, we try to pick uh, uh, the semi-continuous path and tie it into uh, sometimes a super obscure uh, musical group like Genesis. Um, well, we've done the summer of, 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 uh, of King David Bowie, was uh, my mm -hmm. favorite. I read the autobiography. Yeah. Last year was a little weak. The Summer of Prophets doesn't have a great... Uh, great tie-in, but we did Genesis, and Matt did both Phil Collins and Peter Gabriel. It was great for me. <laughs> yes, it was great for Matt. I think I'm in a better place now. I mean, that was like three years ago. I think I'm ready to to experiment more. Oh, okay, 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 great. Uh, so Monday, Thursday, Easter two connections. So this podcast, breaking down barriers between sacred and secular, right? We said we're going to make a playlist. That didn't mean we were going to pull out our ELWs. Uh, I've got mine right back here, artfully placed. On I don't have shelf. one, but no. I have a BCP. That's, Is that helpful? that's not what we're doing. We're going to our, our vinyl record collection, uh, which, by the way, if you haven't seen the new High Fidelity series on Hulu, very relevant to this podcast. Uh, breaking down Romantic these barriers. You, and I think, I think... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we watched it last night to celebrate our 20th anniversary of dating. And she said, yeah, I never liked this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, because uh, she doesn't get fandom, she could mm -hmm. come on and talk more about this, but our spouses will never be on this podcast. Um, breaking down barriers, right? So I think what we're doing is we're breaking down the walls of time itself, Zach. We're, we're fast forwarding to... Easter 2, post-resurrection, coming back. I mean, if this was a film, can you imagine the flash forwards and the flash backwards that are happening? I mean, this is so meta. It's incredible. It's like things are getting blurry. In fact, it even makes me think of like, maybe this is obscure because I don't know how many people have seen this. If you haven't seen it, you should. Uh, the new Watchmen that was out on HBO a couple months back. Uh, incredible, incredible. I think Zach watched one episode and gave up, but it was really... It was a little really intense good. for and Doctor, <laughs> It was pretty intense, but so good. And Dr. Manhattan, he experiences all time at the same time, which I guess is like odd, but I'm going to use a Dr. Manhattan reference because this is a pop culture podcast. I mean, it's basically Doctor Who, but what, I mean, it's okay. I mean, is that, what, uh, is that what Jesus is doing? Is he experiencing like all time at once? I guess it depends on how you understand his humanity and divinity. But, you know, maybe, maybe he's like Dr. Manhattan. Tell me how he's like Doctor Who. What's Doctor Who? Is that a, is that a thing? Oh my gosh, Matt! Uh, you know, as a Time Lord, though, so they've been doing some really big reveal stuff lately. This is the most recent season, going into the identity of Time Lords, which I'm I'm here for, uh, and it left with a bunch of questions. Is the the you know, um, yeah, it's a lot of uh, Jeremy Baramy kind of stuff. <laughs> Jeremy Baramy, good place reference. 
so, I mean, it is kind of a bookend to Monday, Thursday, right? So Monday, Thursday is the last time that this whole community, right, is gathered together, right, in a room. Uh, and in some ways, it's the end of that community. It's the death of this community that Jesus has gathered uh, in some sense. And so that second Sunday of Easter, which we're going to dive into the text is just um, in just a moment, but uh, that is the next time that they're together again with Jesus in their midst. It is the bookend, right? This is the time, and we'll go, I'm going to have more to say about this, but I think that like this is the last time, and then this is the first time, the other side of the resurrection. So I think we can go back and forth between Monday, Thursday, and this uh, second Sunday of Easter gathering. Yeah, Matt, I really like... What I like in that setup, uh, in pairing Maundy Thursday with uh, Easter as well, uh, Easter as well A, Easter 2A, is uh, in a lot of ways, it has a lot of resonance for me as a campus pastor right now. I think I'm still, there's so much going on uh, between setting all this up, but like all the stresses that come with being stuck inside of a single house with with your family for a month straight during the middle of a global pandemic, which evidently has some sort of latent level of stress. Uh, is uh, I haven't fully dealt with like this super strange reality that there was one day about four weeks ago when my community was together and we were living the life of our community and going through the seasons and the rhythms and the routines that we always went through. And then we just announced it one day that it was over uh, and the community (laughs) disappeared, right? Dispersed, went back home or wherever. uh, And we've done... We've done, we, we do the weekly online thing, you know, and it's, uh, I enjoy it and stuff, right? But it's not the same. And it's not, because it's such a different experience, it's not like, it's not the same like numbers of people, right? I haven't gotten to see everybody the way that I get to see everybody. Uh, and that this community that's really important to me um, just got like taken away from me suddenly. Like we came to an end uh, and our encounters that we're having right now on Zoom or, or wherever are like the encounters with, I, okay, here's how the metaphor works. The metaphor is that I'm Jesus, I'm the risen Lord, and I get to have these really strange experiences. With, okay, maybe not that's not exactly it. No, but, but we have these weird experiences that are the same, but they're not something new. Well, yeah, the same, but they're not, right? Because because the other thing about it is like, like your community will gather again. Hopefully we come out on the other side of this pandemic but it's not going to be the same again, yeah. right? Like this is especially true for you as a campus minister, right? Because yeah. the community is changing all the time, right? For me as a congregation, like it will still be different, but it's it's even more intense for you, right? We're like, yeah, yeah, we're going to like gather again. Like things will go back to normal, whatever that means, um, more or less, but it won't ever be the same again. That, that group is never going to be together in the same way again, right? And And I just imagine the disciples carrying that together too, right? Like even if, let's say they understood exactly what was going to happen. Like there's still like a cost to this, right? Like this is, it's never going to be like this again, you know? So I think like in both the, the before uh, the three days where they're at this, this table having dinner and it's uh, this is, if this is really the last meal, do they, I mean, there's this, there are all these mixed, confused, intense emotions, right? Like what is going on? What is, what is he talking about? Like what's about to happen? But then even on the other side of it, with these texts we're going to talk about, like sometimes we get all like schmaltzy and saccharine with Easter and it's, that is not how this text presents it, right? Like this is really confusing. And they're like, what? Like we just, we said goodbye. Like we're, we were like figuring out the new thing. We were trying to like, what is happening? You know? Yeah. Graduation is really important. I make a big deal. We make a big deal out of graduation because it's important. It, it boulder, we don't, there's one big graduation, but the main thing, the thing that gets all the emphasis is the departmental graduations. So what that means for me that I'll, I'll whine about is that it means I have to go to a million different graduations over two days. I don't get to go to just one graduation and see everybody. Uh, so like the past couple of years, I've gone to like eight, nine graduations over two days. And I think that's really important for me to be there. And I tell students how important that ritual is. Uh, even, you know, one of the ways that students deal with, with, mourning the community that's they're leaving and that's being taken away from them is to say, well, it's not that big a deal. I don't need to like make a big fuss about getting this piece of paper and stuff. Um, and a part of my job is typically to say, oh, these rituals are really important. There's a big thing happening here and this is a way to help you deal with it. Uh, so maybe part of my learning right now is to say, uh, it turns out that was a big ritual. That ritual is a big deal to me uh, because I lose like 
the community is never going to be the same for me. Right. And, and that's, that's a part of this, like this particular call that I love to death, right. That things are constantly changing, that there's a new life edge to that blade, right. That in the fall, God willing, there will be uh, students and there'll be new students who I don't know yet who are plugging into the community, but I have to say goodbye. I have to, right. I don't even get a choice. Mm -hmm. Like I have to say goodbye to these people who I've gotten to know really well and have walked with for four or five, six years. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And what an amazing thing. Like, you know, they're able to have, like, we're still fucking Monday, Thursday, but I, I feel like it's a, it's a really important setup to where we're going. Um, but that sense, right. That they like, okay, they get to have this ceremony. They get to have this dinner, uh, which is like, you feel really grateful for that. Right. Like, um, and yet there, you, you still agree that you still agree because you're coming to the end of it. Um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It works. See, I was right. Monday, Thursday, you second Sunday of Easter. I should have known it. Matt was right. So we dive into the text. Let's uh, let's let's pretend we're old school. Here's T T four T. It's time for the text. It's a callback. T four T hashtag. It's gonna take off right after this. Gonna, this is gonna be huge. T four T time. People, for... people be writing their sermons like, "Hey guys, T four T sermon." <laughs> <laughs> can't talk right now t4t t4t oh fantastic we're just gonna talk about the gospel uh john it's it's great how we do this gospel this is one of the few texts that we do uh every single year it comes up in the lectionary you know like the other ones are christmas uh easter at mm-hmm. least you get like easter you get different gospels telling the story uh but usually it's at like a holiday and this is like Second Sunday of Easter, second Sunday in the holiday season, and uh, same text every year. And yet, it still surprises me. <laughs> I've gotten to preach on it a lot, let me say, uh, as, a, as a supply preacher, uh, Sunday after Easter, Sunday after Christmas. This one, I will take over Slaughter the Innocent, which often comes up uh, right after Christmas. Because this one's a lot more, uh, a little bit more, maybe not a lot bit more chill uh we're deep deep into john here matt getting towards the end uh and it begins when it was evening on that day uh comma space the first day of the week actually it says the eighth day uh in the text so if you want to yeah it's the eighth day in the greek i did hold on one second i did my greek study this week uh i heard there's a plts watch party so i expect the seminary students to uh to be with me here because we're going into the greek uh so the actual translation uh and i will tell you in a minute why i went into the greek uh it's for stupid reasons uh but it said on the eighth day which makes sense you know which becomes the first day of the next week uh and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the judeans and jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And after this, he showed them his hands and his sides. And then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he violated a number of, uh, of, of norms of our current situation. And he breathed <laughs> on them. <laughs> yeah. He was not really. He was wearing a mask and <laughs> just breathed on himself. <laughs> and he said to them, "Receive." That's what I did earlier today, and I was arrested. Matt, uh, hold on. Uh, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. But if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, and so Matt, here is why I did the Greek study because I'm always really interested in when the Bible like explains itself to see whether that's the translators or the text itself. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Uh, And this is in the text. Uh, Thomas, who was called the twin. uh, It's it's all there. One of the 12 was not with them when Jesus came. Uh, He was not staying at home. You know, there are a lot of parallels to be drawn to our current situation here. Normally, I think most preachers in our part of of the church universe have a pretty uh, sympathetic uh, perspective. I'm Thomas, but this year, Thomas being out and about, maybe not so. Yeah. Uh, not Come so on, cool. Thomas, stay home. Hashtag stay at home, Thomas. Stay home, save lives. Uh, he was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him when he came back from the grocery store, 
Maybe uh, he worked in essential services. Maybe that's the issue. That could be it. Is fishing an essential service? I imagine that's what he was doing. I mean, food production, maybe. <laughs> Rabbit hole, keep going. Full disclosure, please. recreational fishing is okay because it's considered exercise in the state of Colorado's stay-at-home order. Is that true? That is true. I have not done it. but I, Because in California, they're arresting surfers. So I don't know. Mm. Oh, jeez. They just now started arresting surfers. Um, we have seen the Lord, they said to Thomas. But he said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. And a week later, his disciples were again in the house. And I feel that like that is, oh, you could keep writing this story for us, right? A week later, they were still in the house. And a week after that, Still in the house. And the next still week, the still in the house. Uh, and this time, Thomas, finally, they talked some sense into him. He was like your father. You had to convince not to go to Home Depot every day anymore. Uh, but finally, they got through. Uh, uh, and although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. And Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. And here is just, John is so dramatic. Uh, This is just most typical John. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which we just didn't have time to write down. And they're all very impressive. And you would be blown away by the things that we know. But they're not written in this book. You're going to have to buy the, the sequel. Uh, but these are written that you may come to believe is what the NRSV says. And I uh, do not. Uh, that's not right, basically. Uh, that the, the better it's a participle. The better interpretation there would be that you may continue believing that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, because again, you got participle here, it matches. Believing you may have life in his name. Uh, and for me, as a recovering person from growing up in the South, uh, conversion talk and going from disbelief to belief is a thing that bothers me. Uh, so I find that reassuring and helpful. Uh, but that's the gospel of the Lord. The gospel of the Lord. Jesus uh, uh, here in response, <laughs> uh, in response to, to Mayo's question, uh, Jesus might be the only home burglar who's doing well these days. Because he might be in your house, even if the doors are locked. <laughs> Indeed. Eight days a week, Tahina says. I, so I circled that line uh, in the first, the first line there, the first day of the week, the eighth day of the week, which is still like the first day of the week. Like you're coming around the circle, right? Like it's like a, I agree. I'm glad you lifted it up. But I just like, I'm amazed. Uh, so this is still the first, uh, this is still Easter day. Like it wasn't called Easter then, but this is following yeah. up right on that Easter text, right? Easter like, immediately. It's that night, right? Um, well, no, Allison is that. not a heretic, Matt, because Allison <laughs> responded, praise to you, O Christ. It's my pet peeve is when people say, thanks be to God. <laughs> we always say, thanks be to God. Um, evening on that day, though, Easter, Easter day, it picks up right where that story leaves off. Uh, but I also think that first day of the week, like for John, if I'm remembering the gospel of John correctly, like these are not just random, like, oh, by the way, it was like a Monday. Uh, yeah, John's not into facts so much. You may right. notice that John's not no. into facts because he had that line where he said, also, there's a whole lot of other stuff that we just don't have time to write down. So, like, he's... <laughs> it's true it's true so when he says first day of the week like i think uh this is the first day of creation right this is the first day of the new creation if i remember the beginning of john correctly like there's this whole creation thing i mean obviously that happens in the beginning but then with each of the days and each of the things that happen like he's telling this story of god uh enacting a new creation already and now it seems like post-resurrection here the new creation is beginning again with this first day of the week or eighth day of the week, right? Because we finished one cycle and now there's a new cycle of new life coming through. Uh, and then th- I think we see that throughout the passage, right? Like when he goes in and he breathes on them here again, this is this new creation, right? I once preached a sermon on this text uh, where I talked about this as Jesus going to, we always say in the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the resurrection of the body. And here is Jesus going to 
resurrect the body of Christ, right? The body of his disciples. Jesus has been resurrected. Now he's going to his community and he is resurrecting them and breathing new life into this community. Um, yeah, that's what I see. Love it. Love it, Matt. Here's the big thing I've got. So I did the Greek study uh, just to, that's what I always do. Uh, and I found uh, something interesting that, uh, gosh, where is it? When Thomas, uh, it's the word that gets translated as put, I think it is. Yeah, put my finger in the mark and hand in his side. That's balo, B-A-L-O, which is interesting to me because that's the root word for ekbalo, which means to cast out, like casting out demons, right? And so so there's like, I, I appreciate your introduction here to the text in saying that like this is a text that's, more ethereal than we might expect that maybe, you know, Monty Thursday might be grounded in a very like material way and touching feet and having the food and that kind of stuff, but that everything is so intense. And it's one of those things where it's hard to figure out like what there's so much happening all at once. It's hard to, I mean, it's why you do the mystagogy, right? You got to reflect back on this in super intense experience, but that when Thomas says that he has to put his, his finger in the marks and his hand in the side, it's the same word that a chapter later, Matt, it all ties together really well, is used for casting fishing nets. What? Right? It can be translated, thrust uh, is the real word here, right? That's thrust what he's implying, right? Not, I'd like to, to gently place, no, I want to jab my hand up in there. Uh, this is like, in t- like I want to like yeah. get yeah. up. Yeah. I mean, there, we're on the border, a couple things here, but, but it's, it's a vivid, striking I mean, image. It sounds, it sounds like what you would say, like, cause usually we read this and we're just like, unless I see the mark of his, but like this dude died, you would think he'd say it like that, right? Like, yeah. no, at least I can, unless I can jab my hand up in his open wounds. <laughs> right. Somebody please rewrite this in uh, some modern language. <laughs> Did Eugene Peterson not use that interpretation? <laughs> Maybe Tim Brown will do it. <laughs> Please, Tim. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Such good stuff in And here. so here's what, here's what I'm going to do, right? Here's what I'm going to propose. Yeah. Because there are yeah. two words that I think are interesting here. Jesus shows up afterwards, right? Uh, and he literally shows himself to them. He just shows, his, shows up to them, right? And then allows, has the disciples uh, jab their daggum hands inside of him uh and you get basically two stories of the resurrected jesus in john the next one happens after this uh <laughs> which is crazy peter's like uh i'm gonna go fishing uh if you would like to have more <laughs> stories about the inappropriateness of the disciples and their ability to mm-hmm. stay quarantined um and they're out on the boat and jesus gives them the old cast to the other side uh, but it starts by saying jesus showed himself to the disciples in this way and then he tells them to cast again. There's, this is what the resurrected Jesus does. He shows up, and then he's about like this thrusting or, or, or casting, right? So if, I were, if you force me right now to say, put, put my good news statement together for this, this text, it's that Jesus shows up and, and thrusts himself into the middle of the situation, uh, into the situation that's not all lilies and brass, Right. That is the night where I'm betrayed, right? That's the, that's where yeah. Jesus is going to show up. Uh, I'm going to yeah. show up and insert myself into the the, the absolute material and materiality of, of your existence and your life. Uh, into you. I'm going to show up and cast myself into your wounds, is what Jesus uh, is saying. Yeah, yeah. Oof. Oof. We can Amen. preach. Can yeah, we? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and really important uh, to say that. Now, I think, I know that uh, probably most uh, watchers of this live stream don't need to be told this, but of course we see like uh, plenty of preachers today thinking that we need to gather in person, right? That that's what it means to have faith is you have to like gather in person. This is how you show God that you're like a real person of faith. Uh, But here it appears that like, uh, first of all, it doesn't matter where you're gathering, but it also doesn't depend on you. Like it doesn't Mm -hmm. depend on your fear, uh, yeah. you know, like Jesus still shows up in spite of 
however it is you're feeling, your mixed emotions, your mix of faith and fear, uh, Jesus still, can I use the word, thrusts himself <laughs> into the midst, into the midst. It's just the Bible, that's all. <laughs> it's just the Bible. <laughs> oh, what a text. It's good, right? You got anything else on this text? That's, uh, man. Well, I am also struck by the fact that the disciples continue to be uh, shut up in the house, right? Like they're locked. The doors are locked the first time. Then Jesus shows up. A week later, they're still in the house with the doors shut, right? Yeah. <laughs> like Jesus well, has shown up, but they're, you know, like I don't think they've necessarily like flipped a switch. Well, here's my empathetic perspective. Yeah. They're in the same place they were when they last saw Jesus. Right? They're the same place they are tonight on Monday, Thursday. Ooh, um, which is where? In the house. Right? They're, 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 they're in the house. Uh, perhaps, certainly, <laughs> I like Tina's uh, Kool-Aid man. Uh, which, if we're going to go with masculine images of God, I like God as the cool. I've always thought God was the Kool-Aid man. Mostly it was going to burst in when I was doing bad things, but I like it. <laughs> um, but the, the, they're, they're go- maybe, maybe an empathetic perspective on the disciples here is to say they're going back to the places where they knew Jesus, that, that it is a looking backwards, uh, that it is a, a, a filled with fear. Right. But that it is much more understandable. And they're going back to the I mean, it's like Peter uh, climbing back up to the top of the mountain after Jesus dies to hope that he shows back up there. And the miraculous thing, right, that we can um, and Rosella and them had a good perspective on it, you know, at the end of uh, that, that that this is a great moment for looking forward, certainly. Uh, and, And I think I'm probably really quick to to. And, and some of us might be really quick to to um, to indict the past here because some of us are really interested in getting the church into the future. Um, but Jesus shows up there twice uh, in that old place. Um, so there's something kind of concert like it's 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 what it was, but it's something like it's like you said right about the fall. Uh, it's what it was, but it's something different as well. Yeah, yeah. I wrote notes on my text that say the old ways and the new ways. And I have no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> but I feel like it relates to what you were saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wrote it, I wrote it while circling uh, Jesus saying to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. And lots of folks think they're right, that he's talking about all the people who are going to read this in the future, right? Um, that that's one way to to look at mm-hmm. that. And so like, yeah, there are these different ways to encounter Jesus and he shows up uh, in, in all of them. <laughs> if you want to write up, write off the old ways, um, Jesus is probably going to show you up. Uh, and if you want to write off the new ways, Jesus is probably going to show you up. <laughs> yeah. So, right. He's <laughs> <laughs> the daggum Kool-Aid man, you know, just man. <laughs> bust him down all your walls. What a jerk. Come on, dude. <laughs> oh, what a jerk. You're supposed to self-isolate. Uh, exactly. <clears throat> exactly. It is a great text for a time of quarantine, though, isn't it? Like It is. Oh, there are a million sermons on this. Preaching ain't always easy, but uh, pretty easy with this, I think. <laughs> yep. Yep. Out there. Well, have we covered the text? I think we successfully and comprehensively covered uh, the text. It is no longer T40, Great. Matt. T40 we never, we never have to talk about this text again, ever. Uh, Until next year. <laughs> this is our fourth episode on this text, but uh, I, I think this is the best one yet because of Maybe the cool. Year. We've never talked about the Kool Aid Man as it's a part true. of. So it's we're breaking true. new ground here. Maybe next year we'll move to the narrative lectionary. That's definitely not going to happen. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you could move to the lecture. <laughs> that was when Zach was going to kick me out of the chat. <laughs> That's right. That's right. 
Matt Kittle has been uh, removed from the chat. It's fine. It's fine. I know maybe we have, you know, uh, narrative lectionary, great. You know, I just, I don't think it's that narrative, to be honest with you. Like, if you want to do a different one, that's great. Do that. Uh, but but my experience of preaching on the narrative, too often does the narrative lectionary not include, I don't know, narratives. And I love narratives. And if it was only narratives, that would be great. This is where I'm going to stop. I'm okay. gonna mute, mute the host. <laughs> <laughs> we just we have to have hot takes on a couple of things and the narrative lectionary is one of them you know and the worst Kevin part this the episode other. of the podcast so, matt yeah is that we did not get to include the pre-tape part where uh where we complain uh and say things that we cannot normally say to be published on the internet so that's real true. bummer that's true but i can give a hot take on the narrative lectionary and well, the other yeah and and I can tell everybody who's doing remote communion that they're all heretics. Uh, but we all agree about that, right? Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. We successfully did not go there. We covered it. Yeah, we covered that last, last week. Spot. Done. We never have to talk about that again. Please. <laughs> what are we listening to? Matt. Uh, you know, here you go, Allison. Good Friday's coming up. Uh, and if I can sneak away from my computer to grab my vinyl, I have a, a piece of vinyl that I can show you. Um, and uh, Good Friday is sneaking up on us here in two hours. Uh, and this week, I realized that for all of the the terribleness that is uh, the social internet, I at least have cultivated a decent uh, group of friends on Facebook. Uh, and that, that is... Um, it was filled with, I had more John Prine tributes this week than I did uh, live streamed worship videos on my Facebook feed. Uh, John Prine died this week, Matt. Uh, I, I, of course, love John Prine. Uh, we're Chicago people. We're Chicago people who spent time at the Old Town School of Folk Music. Uh, John Prine, of course, born in, you know this, Matt, right? You're a music expert. Maywood. Uh, home to what the Lutheran Seminary for a while there, uh, but most notably for Chicagoans, he was a writing partner for years and years with Steve Goodman, uh, and was a part of the whole oh. folk scene uh, that gave birth to the Old Town School of Folk Music. Uh, I got to see John a couple years ago. It was super cool at Red Rocks. Uh, he opened for the Avid Brothers. Was pretty cool show. It wasn't wow. a great venue for John. I didn't feel like. Huh because Red Rocks is, is kind of big and can feel a little like, I don't mean this in the most derisive way possible, uh, can feel like, it can just be a party, you know? And John's not like a party guy. You, I'd like, would have liked to have seen him in a more intimate venue. But John, uh, John Prine died this week of, uh, you know, the coronavirus of COVID-19. Uh, huge bummer. So I've been listening to tons of John Prine this week. And I discovered something, Matt. I missed his most recent album. John had an album uh, that came out in 2018 called The Tree of Forgiveness, uh, which has some just incredible cuts on it. Um, and so actually, Matt, I was a little worried for when we started the live stream because I was doing my John Prime research. And there's a song called Summer's End that... Um, that is on that album and that Brandy Carlisle uh, did a cover of as her tribute to John on her Instagram. And it has the video that is the saddest music video I have ever seen in my life. So I was bawling uh, at like three 30 uh, watching it. Um, I'm going to give you, I think a little clip of it because it is so good, but I also in a minute, I'm going to tell you how I think it fits in with these, um, with these texts. So John was, uh, get ready to cry. John, oh my gosh. So John Prime was really good friends with the mayor of Nashville. Uh, John lived in Nashville. And the mayor of Nashville's son, Max, uh, died of an opioid overdose. Uh, and so he wrote this song to Max. Uh, oh. Oh, so if you want to cry, uh, if you need a good cry, this is it. Uh, the kind of narrative, as you can see here, is this uh, daughter and her grandfather uh, both mourning the loss of her mother and daughter uh, to an opioid-related 
uh, death. And so the little girl cries in the video. It's so, oh, I'm going to start crying again. But, but I heard Matt this week, a sermon, an incredible sermon, uh, secondhand. I was talking to our friend and colleague, Adam White at Nebraska. Uh, and he was talking about one of his students preaching on Emmaus this week. And she gave it this really like mournful tone. And again, uh, if I'm going to upset the commentators, I don't believe in the Enneagram. Uh, it's complete uh, junk science. And that makes me a four. Uh, so <laughs> when you can put uh, a mournful uh, uh, a take on the Emmaus, on, on anything, I'm there for it. Uh, but she, ha- she hit that chorus of we had hoped that they tell Jesus on the road, right? That we had hoped to walk at graduation. We had hoped that all these things were going to happen and they didn't happen, you know? Um, and that what I love about this, this story with where we find ourselves on the other side of Easter is that is one to say that it's okay, that a part of the resurrected life mourns. Like, again, it's like uh, Tyra said way back uh, a couple hours ago, you know, that Jesus was born to die resurrection doesn't doesn't erase you know, and go back to the images we just saw with the artists that with brianna that uh that, that rosella had that you can you can't erase what has been uh it gets smeared and all that kind of stuff but it doesn't go away um and so this song summer's end which has some beautiful lyrics as well um you know the john's lyrics are always fantastic the moon and stars hang out in bars just talking i still love the picture of us walking just like that old house we thought was haunted Summer's end came faster than we wanted. Uh, oh my gosh, man, it's so good. Um, so I'm putting Summer's end on on the the playlist this week. Fantastic. I'm also gonna put Matt. Love it. Another yeah. track off of that album because I need two John Prine songs, um, and I'm gonna mix it up by not uh, by doing the new ones off this 2018 album, uh, The Tree of Forgiveness, and I'm gonna put a song called Caravan of Fools on uh because uh this is also a story about what um this new jesus movement is going to be about what this new community is going to be about and i think there is something to say uh for them being uh the caravan of fools uh which which john cast as both both uh, uh a negative thing but also an incredible like a, a stupidly hopeful thing um so i'm going to give you I'm sorry, Ben. I'm going to do it. I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, the Caravan of Fools. I like it a lot, man. I like Ooh. it a lot. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. How about you, Matt? Good what, stuff. What are you listening to? I love it. Well, uh, I'll walk you through my playlist. Let's see if I can be as fancy uh, with the technology as you can. Uh, I'm going to share my computer sound. Let's see if this works. So um, I know I put this on a couple of weeks ago, but I'm going to do it again. And that is uh, Kanye West's Love Lockdown. Because is that not uh, what is happening with these disciples here today? This is their, they've got their love on lockdown, as do we all in this time of quarantine. If there was ever a theme song for this entire season, but especially for this Sunday where they're here, they are with the doors locked. So I got to put Kanye love lockdown on the playlist uh, yet again. Uh, and then again, 808 uh, in the heartbreak, such a good album, right? Such a good album. And uh, another good album that Rob Saylor, uh, friend of the pod, guest of the pod was posting about earlier this week, new adventures in hi-fi from REM. Uh, I know there's this song from R.E.M. where he's saying, believe, believe, mm. uh, leave it all behind, right? And I had to look because I was trying to remember, like, what is that? And it's from New Adventures in Hi-Fi. It's Leave, uh, which starts out um, really kind of quiet like this and then goes into this, like, almost sirens blaring. It's a really fantastic song with a really heartfelt uh, s- lyrics by uh, being sung by Michael Stipe there. But just that sense of believe uh, and leave it all behind had to do that uh feel like it just fits and there's something about this mood i've been listening to this song all day and it seems to fit the mood for me uh both of monday thursday they're gonna play and, that backyard barbecue matt right i mean imagine this right like here's your like this is monday thursday begins 
and then uh, they go to the garden and the, the sirens come, right? Like, this is like, oh, it's such a good song for that. Oh, my gosh. I don't know when the sirens kick in, but they're about to. Um, in the rest... Uh, don't worry, it's uh, only a seven and a half minute song. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get there. <laughs> right there. There, there it go. is. Oh, God, it's so good. It's so good. And then um, I put a Kendrick song on here. Why did I put How Much the Dollar Cost on here? Well... This is this song where he tells uh, this story of really like this homeless man who is asking for change and he gets to the end of it and he discovers, oh, this person is God, right? And it makes me think when you read this story that, uh, you know, how do we recognize Christ in our midst, right? Are we look for the one with, uh, with wounds. Are we looking for the people with wounds? And is that where we find Christ in our midst? And I think that's what KDOT's song is about here. Uh, so Kendrick Lamar, how much a dollar cost from Tim Pippa Butterfly? You didn't think we were getting out of a playlist uh, that I put together without any U2 songs, right? So I got to throw Breathe on there for obvious reasons. Uh, Breathe from No Land on the Horizon, highly underrated album from U2. Did you know that they're all underrated? Just want to point that out. But <laughs> what about that one they put on my phone? especially that one's really good. Do you want me to talk about it? I could write a whole thing. That's okay. Uh, (laughs) No light on the horizon. Uh, Actually one of my favorite albums. So, so good. And then I'm going to put a song that I know uh, you're going to love because we're, we're suckers for nineties hits. And that is uh, another song with believe in the title. It's, I believe from Mm. blessed union of souls. Just so you know, if you're, typing blessed union of souls into your spotify search bar remember that blessed is spelled b-l-e-s-s-i-d blessed union of souls uh this is a beautiful song i do (laughs) it's just so it's so it's a little direct but it gets me right here right here it's so good uh and then finally Zach, I got to confess, I need to like read up on my uh, John Prine because I have, as much as I love music, I have these vast areas where I just lack knowledge. And John Prine is an area where I do. So you're going to have to give me a crash course. Um, But I will say another artist uh, who passed away in the last few weeks was the great Bill Withers. Bill Withers Mm -hmm. passed away. Uh, And after that happened, my church at St. Mark's in our online Zoom worship we opened our worship service with uh lean on me (laughs) it was fantastic uh people sang along from home uh two of my leaders mike and denise uh let it out and it was just gorgeous uh and just a wonderful way to remember bill withers and the amazing music that he created so here on this monday thursday evening we're remembering two artists that's a good it's a good right right that have gone on to the great beyond and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah right so there you go. It's been real, Zach. It's been real. It's been real vinyl.